Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. Uh, my name is Ben. I am, of course, a Sheffield United fan. Recording this on January the second, twenty eighteen. So, happy New Year to you. Hope you had uh, a great holiday. Uh, and yeah, I'm back after a couple of weeks hiatus to just give myself a, a a little break. I think, but also, you know, wasn't quite able to uh, watch every single minute of our games over the last few weeks. So, wanted to kind of. Um, yeah, take some time out and I guess come back with a bit more of a, a considered review of uh, the four or five games that we played over the Christmas period. Um, I was at the Preston game on the 16th of December, which was was terrible. Um, so I didn't really feel like doing a podcast after that because uh, there wasn't too much to say. We were missing, uh, I think it's fair to say, probably our four most creative players from that game. So certainly when I saw the team sheet, uh, I had very low expectations for... Uh, how many goals we were going to score and how many points we were going to get, and uh, that's that's actually how it ended up panning out. So um, yeah, I'll, in this podcast, I'm going to give a very brief review of the games over the quote busy Christmas period. Um, so starting with Aston Villa at, away on on uh, the 23rd. Um, then I'm going to look at uh, a few things sort of statistically that we can now kind of make some uh, conclusions from, I guess, um, on the fact that we've had half of the season pretty much um, at this point. Uh, then looking ahead um, a little bit to to January, uh, which we're now in, of course, the transfer window is open, um, and maybe some of the kind of areas that I expect us to improve and um yeah, I think some of the players that I would like us to see. Um, and then finally, at the end, I just uh, want to quickly wrap up, um, I guess, some of my, my favourite memories from 2017. Because it wasn't a bad year to be a Sheffield United fan. I think that's... Uh, I'd be surprised if many people would disagree with that. So, um, okay, let's uh, let's get started with a quick review of the games I mentioned over Christmas and New Year. So it's been a bit of a mixed bag, really, over Christmas. I mean, I think if you if you're not actually watching these games, if you're just looking at our results, you know, uh, you would just sort of say, "Oh, United have clearly dropped off. Uh, they're in terrible form since probably, I guess, November onwards." Uh, you know, we only have one win in that period, um, and you know, we've we've lost to some teams that. Uh, we probably didn't expect to lose to. So, I mean, the Preston game obviously was frustrating. We lost to Bolton on the 30th of December. Um, but then at the same time, we've, um, you know, we've more than matched teams like Villa and Derby away to promotion favourites who were very high in the table when we played them. Uh, we destroyed Sunderland. Um, it was only 3 0, but uh, it was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from, uh, from an opposition. Um, and certainly. Uh, a comparable skill level between Sunderland and, and many League One teams that we played last season. Um, so yeah, it, it feels like a sort of a mixed bag, and um, I guess I guess I still feel like we should be doing better. I mean, of these recent games, certainly the the Bolton performance was uh, objectively not a good performance from United. Um, there was you know basic things like misplaced passes, players just control uh, miscontrolling the ball. Uh, we conceded a fairly sloppy goal. We didn't really create too much ourselves. I mean, I guess you have to give Bolton a bit of credit from the way that they, you know, completely shut down Duffy, who uh, four days previously absolutely ran the show against Sunderland, and they, you know, they they couldn't lay a figurative glove on him. Um, never mind a boot. Um, he basically was always available, always on the ball, always able to find space or find a an open teammate. 
Um, and Bolton managed to shut that down. Derby, from what I, I saw and heard to an extent, also managed to kind of nullify uh, Duffy a little bit. But at the same time, um, you know, by all accounts, we, we probably should have beaten Derby. Uh, I think we had the better of the game against Villa um, after recovering from two goals down. Uh, and we certainly had the better of the game against Sunderland, as I mentioned. Um, so I think overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with where we are. I mean, it's, it's kind of frustrating that we've... Uh, I think I would look back to the games in November as... Uh, a more frustrating period where we, you know, lost that game to Fulham, drew with Birmingham, uh, the Millwall one. You sort of hold your hands up to that wasn't a good performance, but the the loss to Bristol City was was a, a real kick in the teeth from a game that we'd we'd you know completely outperformed the opposition. So even though we're still you know in and around the playoff spots, it kind of which is phenomenal, of course. Um, very few people I think expected that at the start of the season. Um, it does feel almost like we're we're missing a little bit of an opportunity. I I think given the way that we've gone to Villa and Derby and you know played so well in these games where I think a lot of people, myself included, expected us to lose, um, that just shows that you know we are good enough to to challenge at the top and you know maybe we with a with a run we can actually get back up in towards the um, automatic spots. But um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident as we head into the second half of the season certainly. Um, I think a couple of encouraging things over the last few weeks. Uh, one is the sort of continuing rise of John Lundstrom as a, a genuinely very good uh, championship midfielder. Um, you know, it's nice to see that he's kind of improving game by game and, you know, becoming an actual, a bit of a force in central midfield, I th- you know, combining uh, some of the good passing of, of the likes of Fleck and Coots, but also quite a strong figure as well who, who can win the ball back and drive forward with it. So it's great to see, you know, someone who's, Still relatively young and obviously playing at this level for the first time to um you know to make such a good impression now that he's actually got some game time under his belt. Uh, we also saw over Christmas the return of Fleck, of course, from the uh, three game suspension he incurred against Bristol City, which I think is a a big lift for the team. Uh, and you know he's he's sort of slotted straight back in and you know playing like he's never been away. I know of course he hasn't been injured. He was just uh, essentially off for three or four weeks with uh, with a suspension, but. You know, it's great to see that uh, he can just come straight back in there and you know look exactly like the old Fleck, basically. Um, and then the other one to sort of call out is is Baldock, who's kind of been, uh, if not sort of straight back into the team, kind of integrated a bit more slowly as he comes back from injury. But you know, he's he's played most of the last few games and and looks like he's getting, if if not already, back to full fitness. Um, because he certainly uh, was extremely good against Derby and you know was brought on quite early against Bolton as well uh, which I think Wilder probably recognized um in made a bit of a well, maybe not an error but um, <laughs> I guess a, a miscalculation in how that game was was going to go by leaving him out from the start so yeah there's a lot of pieces coming back obviously Coots will not be one of them but we we are getting back towards uh full strength and I think that's being borne out by some of our results over Christmas obviously uh still missing Brooks with illness and you know hoping that he'll be back um certainly for our next league game if not the cup game at the weekend um and then yeah so we're in I feel like we're in pretty good shape going into January um yeah, our next game, I just kind of touched on it there, was, uh, is of course in the FA Cup uh, on Saturday against Ipswich. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm in the minority here, but I, I really don't care about this game at all. Uh, I'm, in fact, I will be annoyed if any of our important players start this game. Uh, I would prefer to see uh, at least 10 changes to the team. 
Um, it's one of those weird situations where I will I will follow along with this one, uh, maybe try and watch it, uh, and be very happy if we win and go through. And you know, if we say get like uh, I don't know Everton at home in the next round, I guess that's pretty unlikely because they're playing Liverpool. But you know, if we had a a kind of mid range Premier League team at home in the next round, then that would be very exciting, I think. But ultimately, if United lose. I don't care at all as long as nobody gets injured or suspended or anything that's likely to impact upon um, a significantly more important game which follows the uh, the next Friday. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a little roundup of um, I guess the last couple of weeks of Sheffield United football. Uh, so I'll take a look now at um, some of the data, some of the stats that kind of come out of our season so far. So we're now halfway through the season, as I uh, mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, which is a, a good kind of spot to see where the uh, data actually backs up our league position. Have we been overperforming? Have we been underperforming, as I'm some, sometimes uh, inclined to feel, uh, particularly when leaving the lane in the last month or so, having not seen United win somehow? Um, or are we you know, exactly where we sort of deserve to be? Um, the thing that actually led me down this, this little rabbit hole was... Uh, was kind of thinking about our defence and the fact that um, prior to the 3-0 win over Sunderland on Boxing Day, we actually hadn't kept a clean sheet since, I think it was mid-October, the um, the 1-0 win over Ipswich, which is, you know, kind of concerning because I don't feel like we really allow... We've certainly not been kind of dominated or hammered in, in many slash any of these games. Um, so to, you know, continually concede at least one goal is is very frustrating. Um, particularly when it's the first goal, uh, which then puts us on the back foot, um, or rather allows the opposition to go on the back foot. Um, and then we have had some uh, some games where we've struggled to break down the opposition, I guess. Um, so, yeah, you know, kind of a concern that the lack of clean sheets. But, you know, if you actually look at the last four games, so from December 23rd onwards, we've, we've only conceded four in those four games. Uh, of which two were penalties, uh, which you know were were soft, if not dodgy. To be honest, I didn't in real time. I didn't think either of those were were penalties. Um, and another one of the th- of the four was uh, was a free kick. Um, you know those goals still count, of course. Uh, and the free kick was uh, not exactly great defending. Uh, but it's not like we're being cut to shreds defensively, uh, despite not keeping opponents to nil too often. So I I did look at the stats on this and. Um, we actually have the number one ranked defense in the division in terms of looking at shots allowed. Uh, so we allow ten, sh- we concede ten shots per game essentially, which which is fewer than uh, any other team in the division. Which I think backs up my my general kind of impression when I'm watching United this season. You know, I think back to those games where it feels like the opposition score with their their first shot, their only shot, etc. Um, and that to an extent that is kind of what has been happening. Um, not to say that that's like a mark of unluckiness, really. I mean, I talked about that a little bit on a previous podcast, but overall, if you if your defense is restricting the opposition to very few shots, as as ours is, I know ten sounds like a lot, but uh, the fact that that actually ranks as first in the division should show you that that's kind of just a it's a below average amount to be conceding, uh, and obviously is including all those kind of speculative efforts from long range and you know a scuffed header from a corner that kind of thing or a shot that goes 20 yards wide or or out for a throw in as we saw against Sunderland um so yeah defensively even though we still you know concede plenty uh overall we we defend pretty well is what this suggests on the flip side I found this quite interesting actually um 
our, our shots per game ranking, so this is on the the other side of the ball, if you like, when we when we have possession, the number of shots that we have per game is actually um, the nineteenth ranked in the division, and shots on target is slightly better, but it's still uh, middle of the road, if you like, middle of the pack. It's uh, we we rank thirteenth, so we're taking eleven point four shots per game. Uh, and we're having 4.1 of those shots on target per game. And as I say, that puts us towards the the lower to middle of the table um, in the overall rankings. Um, I mean, I, I think this is where expected goals is a much more useful stat than these. It's kind of interesting to look at, um, you know, look at totals when it comes to shots. But uh, one thing shots on target doesn't tell you is the actual quality of a shot. Uh, so it will count a, a sort of a soft 25 yarder that you know trickles along the ground straight at the goalkeeper it'll count that the same as a tap in from 1 yard um and i think you know kind of anecdotally from watching these games i think it's fair to say that we we generally look for the best possible shooting chance um you know we tend to work the ball into uh dangerous areas and if there isn't an opening it'll get sort of recycled back around the team and we'll look, we'll sort of probe and look for a, another slot elsewhere i think it's I think it's a bit lazy to say, oh, we try and walk the ball into the net, like that sort of classic uh, accusation that Arsenal had to get through, you know, used to get thrown at them all the time. Um, but there is a, you know, there is an extent where we won't just throw the ball into the box and hope for the best. We we really do try and work a very high quality scoring chance. And I mean, you know, for anybody that does think, oh, we try and walk the ball into the net too often, I mean, just look at the amount of goals that we've scored this season. It's you know, it, it's far higher than I was really expecting. I thought we would definitely struggle to score goals, um, having got promoted. You know, with with the team that we had, which I thought was you know was going to do fine, but uh, yeah, to have us scoring you know three, four goals uh, on on numerous occasions is is far beyond where I was kind of expecting. Um, and then the last thing I want to just touch on uh, statistically is uh, is to do with set pieces. Um, Yesterday we we had I think it was fourteen corners against Derby. Uh, generally we win a ton of corners. Uh, I think only Brentford in the whole league win more corners per game than United do, which you know backs up our attacking attitude I think, and um, just basically how good we are at penning teams in and forcing them to to concede corners as a way of clearing their lines. The one thing that we have not done well from corners is actually scoring goals this season. Um, I believe it's just just the one, which was Carter Vickers. Uh, in the one 0 win at Bolton in September, um, that's pretty lame considering how many we actually win. Although a lot of the time we will try and work the ball round uh, short and try and play in behind teams, um, which you know has, has has not really come off yet. I think, but we have also missed some very good chances from corners as well. Um, if you include set pieces as a whole, then we're not too bad. We've scored five goals from set pieces in total this season. Uh, a lot of those, obviously, are, are free kicks from, um, you know, we had one that uh, Flex scored against Wednesday, of course, and then Duffy has also created a few uh, with crosses as well, including one for Stearman uh, against Sunderland on Boxing Day. So basically, free kicks were good at, uh, corners not so good. Um, but, you know, There'll be a few situations here where winning a corner has kind of penned a team in. They might have cleared the initial corner, but then uh, I'm sure we will have cycled it round and you know worked it another chance or possibly scored a few goals from those positions um, themselves, which obviously doesn't get counted as scoring straight from a corner, but is essentially uh, you know just as valuable, I suppose. Um, the flip side of this, uh, so United not great at set pieces overall, I guess, or, or certainly from corners. Um, but we are great at scoring goals from open play. In fact, we're so great, we're the best in the league at it. 
Uh, we 32 of our 40 goals have come from open play. Um, that ranks as number one in the league, as I said. Um, quite a distance ahead as well. Three goals ahead of Derby. Um, and yeah, that basically just speaks volumes for the way that we play. Uh, it's a very fluid attacking style. As I said, we we rarely sort of um, lump the ball into the box or you know try something speculative from long range. We we're generally passing the ball around. We're trying to work an opening. We're trying to work a good position for a cross when we have men in the middle, or we're trying to play the play our way through the box. And yeah, this is the number one stat I will throw at people who say that we uh, we try to walk the ball into the net too often and we don't just shoot because clearly we do. Uh, that's why we score more goals from open play than any other team in the league so far this season. Um, so yeah, that is uh, a, a brief look at some of the. I guess more rudimentary stats uh, to come out of half a season of data. Um, I want to now just talk a little bit about uh, what I expect us to do in January. So January is here. The transfer window is open and I do expect United uh, to be doing quite a bit of business, I think, um, in this month. Uh, you know, every manager wants new recruits. It's kind of the... Uh, the lifeblood of, uh, of developing a team. But I think the thing with United, which we've really seen in the last few weeks, is this team isn't too far away at all. It's not like, um, you know, it's not like we're a, we're wholesale changes away from challenging for promotion. Uh, we've been more than a match for Villa, who were third or fourth, I think, when we played them uh, on the 23rd. Uh, and, and Villa, of course, just dismantled Bristol City uh, last night. Uh, and then we're more than a match for Derby as well, who was second at the time, which I, I was kind of stunned to learn as I was kind of watching and listening to that game. Uh, you know, even even their own fans, from what I've seen afterwards, said they were very lucky to get a point and, you know, we're the best side that they've played so far this season. So, you know, that kind of underlines that we, we're not far from a team that could and should be right up at the top of the league. Uh, I am, of course, uh, leaving Wolves out of that because, as I kind of expected about six or seven weeks ago, they are running away with the league and nobody's going to catch those. Um, you know, we, we have been unlucky with injuries this season as uh, in contrast to last season, which, again, is something I've talked about on a previous podcast. But even given those injuries, um, I kind of think we should be looking for... I think the new players we should be bringing in uh, should be ones that will give us cover rather than, say two or three new players who are supposed to be upgrades on our current starting team. Uh, of course, that would be fantastic. I would love for us to go out and, you know, sign three players who are instantly better than uh, than what we currently have. Um, if nothing else, it's because they would have to be extremely good players for the championship. So that would be great. Um, but it's more that I'm I'm not going to be unhappy if we bring in uh, younger or, or unproven players or even players on loan, which has worked well for us uh, under Wilder. So so what I would generally say is uh, I'm, I'm going to urge caution as we head into January in terms of uh, no meltdowns, please. If come the end of January we have signed, say, three players, two of which are on loan, none of which we've ever heard of. I don't remember getting excited about any of Wilder's signings since he's joined United. You know, whether that's a, a backup defender from Brentford, which was Jack O'Connell, uh, a 30-something from Oxford, which is right. Uh, a washed-up journeyman striker who used to play for Wednesday, Mr. Clark. Uh, or even some bloke that uh, was discarded by Burton because they didn't think he was good enough, which is Mark Duffy, who is arguably you know, the top two, in the top two or three midfielders in the championship. I don't expect us to sign any names this January. Uh, and if previous windows are a guide, then it is likely that we'll just sign a handful of players, probably mainly on loan, 
and that they'll be sort of gradually integrated into the team uh, and improve it kind of marginally rather than drastically. Um, I am completely fine with this. Uh, as I said, we are getting some players back from from injury now, but you know, if you look at our bench in the last couple of games, it's there's been very few game changers on there. Obviously, we are lacking Brooks at the moment, but you know, no offense to Carruthers, but I, I really think the last three or four weeks uh, has kind of underlined that he is he is a way short from being the player that we need him to be uh, as a as a change up to Duffy or someone who we can confidently start in midfield uh, and give us. You know, either give us another option attacking wise, or or act in a tandem with Fleck. And you know, I don't mean to sort of unfairly single him out. It's just that he is he is probably our, our best option off the bench, and that kind of speaks volumes for for that lack of depth at the moment. That we you know we have nobody else to kind of fill in there when it's to my mind it's kind of obvious that he isn't cut out for this level as it stands. So yeah, basically let's not all um lose our minds if we only sign a couple of players this month and if they're players we haven't heard of and if they're only on loan. Uh as I say, the the players who are currently doing fantastically for us kind of many of whom fall into that category uh and have become uh I guess mini, small heroes I suppose in their in their own right in the last uh, year or so with United. Um, so, okay, before I wrap up this podcast, uh, the first one of 2018, uh, I just want to look back very quickly at last year, which, as I said at the top, was a phenomenal year. Um, many, many great memories uh, that I hope I will will never forget, to be honest. Um, and I'm just going to quickly run through a few of them. Uh, so, going in chronological order here, uh, we had the dramatic late win at Peterborough uh, in February 2017. Uh, where Sharp scored in the sort of 88th minute. Um, This was one of my favourite away games of all time, I think. Uh, The atmosphere was fantastic for the United fans. It was, uh, you know, a good away trip generally. Uh, Enjoyed some very nice beer on a boat of all places before the game. Um, And then, yeah, the the sort of scenes when Sharp scored was something that will definitely live long in the memory with, uh, you know, people spilling out onto the pitch and just a general kind of... uh, a kind of feeling of um, it's it's going to happen. This is a, a a milestone moment for United. It's going to happen. We're going to get promoted. I mean, that that was certainly the moment we won that game. That was certainly the moment I was sure that we were going up. Um, if not to kind of uh, reinforce that, then I'd then call the Bolton game uh, in February 2017 as another great example of that. We absolutely dismantled second place Bolton that day, completely underlined our superiority to them. And again, I came out of that thinking, blimey, if these are if these are the team that are trying to the are closest to chasing us down, then uh we've got this in the bag. Uh, of course you had Northampton away, uh with clinching promotion and celebrating in town, uh, which was a little a literal day in the sun for us. Uh it was fantastic. Uh really, you know, great to see us finally get over the line, get promoted again, um, and to do it in a you know, a slightly fairy tale manner, I guess, with uh, a late winner from Fleck and, you know, all the fans running on the pitch. It was great to see. Uh, then we had the victory lap against Bradford with the league clinched the day before. Uh, you know, we're 3-0 up at half time against the side that we're, we're still gunning for second place at that point. So, again, it was just fantastic to kind of underline how good we were. Uh, then we racked up the 100 points against Chesterfield at Pack Bramall Lane, of course, to kind of round off a, a phenomenal season. Um and then I guess we, you know, you kind of could have expected the the good stuff to sort of be at least put on hold for a while as we headed into the championship. But 
actually anything but. I mean, we had the 3-1 win over Derby where we, we looked miles better than a supposed um, promotion favourite. Uh, Sharp's late goal was a, an incredible highlight in that one, breaking it with, with a goalkeeper had gone up and Sharp broke forward on the counter-attack to finish into an empty net from outside the box. It was uh, you know, a fantastic moment, really. Uh, of course, we beat Wednesday. Um, I don't think I really need to go on about that because... Uh, well, I haven't stopped thinking about it for about four months. So, um, yeah, <laughs> um, we beat Wolves, of course, which is uh, we're still one of only three teams to have managed that. We beat Leeds in another fantastic away win. Uh, Clark scoring four goals in a half against Hull. Um, it's just kept coming and coming, basically. Uh, there's arguably more fond memories in 2017 than in the previous 20 years of watching the Blades. Uh, and as always, I'm I'm really keen to never forget how good it was uh, and is at the moment. Uh, and, and hopefully we've got a few moments like these to come in the remaining months of this season uh, and beyond as well. I think we're, um, you know, I don't want to lose sight of how great things have been in the in recent past. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also hopeful that we're in good shape to kind of build on this and continue uh, a rise up the league, I suppose. Um, so that's all I've got for this podcast um so yeah thanks once again very much for listening um i'll probably be back in a few weeks i think uh unless something you know incredibly interesting happens between now and uh the home derby on friday the 12th of january um so yeah i'm obviously hopeful that we will get at least a point out of that one uh at which point i will consider this an extremely successful season uh and you know not to not be too fussed about what happens to the rest of it to be honest um so yeah thank you once again for listening please share and subscribe you get me on twitter at bnmkn and uh yeah thanks very much and happy new year to you <laughs>